I'm Kevin Brooker, and this is Cruising Through Retirement. On today's show, we're going to highlight three things you can do now to cut your taxes in retirement. You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years' experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin Brooker is here, as always. Uh, Kevin, a fiduciary and independent advisor representative, where he you will find him at Silverleaf Financial, except when the podcast is on, you find him right here. And wherever That's here right. is, it doesn't really matter. But uh, 30 years plus in the business. And I tell you what, Kevin, you got my attention. By the way, hi, how are you? Oh, hey, Steve. Great. I, I am good. It is always good to be here. Yeah. And you know, everybody, everybody you would like to reduce their taxes, right? Well, that's what uh, you got my attention with reducing taxes in retirement. I mean, yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know, and a lot of people have a misconception that, you know, maybe they won't pay any taxes in retirement. Um, and and uh, that's definitely not the case. You know, in fact, most people pay taxes on about 85% of their social security checks uh, or income. So, there are going to be, there's going to continue to be taxes. That's the bad news. The good news is that we can help you figure out how to maybe lower that tax bill or maybe put off paying the tax bill or maybe pass it on to a different generation. You know, so there's a lot of different things you can look at, um, you, you know, and, and so the, the issue is that they can really have a very serious impact on your retirement. And so if you want to talk to an advisor, when you're talking to an advisor, that's something else we can help you out with, guys. It's not just, it's not just investment choice or investment allocation. You know, uh, it's one thing to put the portfolio together, right? And to accumulate the funds. It's another thing to decumulate or distribute the funds and to do it in the, in the, the uh, most prudent way possible. And I'm going to argue uh, that you want to consider taxes as a big piece of that puzzle. Of course. And, and you know, well, I, I mean, again, taxes, I mean, our tax rates right now are as low as they've ever been, not ever, but certainly in a long time. And, yes, you know, after COVID and all of the spending, I mean, th there's, there's a bill to pay here. There, there is definitely, there's definitely a bill to pay. And, you know, a lot of people, I'll tell you my entire career of, I started in 1990, my entire career, I, I've talked to many, many, many people that have been afraid of our national, the amount of, they've been afraid about the amount of our national debt. They're saying, how many zeros can we keep putting on there? How much money can we borrow? How long can we kick the can down the road? That's been a conversation for 31 years. Okay. <laughs> so what you're saying is the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, <laughs> that's, and, and I, that's a great way to look at it, Kevin. Really, truly, I don't think I mean, people I, do. I don't think people look at it that way. I, I don't think they do. And and don't get me wrong, I agree. The number is just incredible. And and if you really want to scare yourself, just go to the website. That's the National Debt Clock. I think it's U.S. Debt Clock. Um, anyway, you can Google it and figure it out. Go to that page. There's a whole bunch of numbers that are going to scare you know scare the living daylights out of you. All right. But that's my point is that you can't let it concern you that much. You don't, I don't believe it's something that any of us, any of us are going to have any control over. Um, but, it, but, it, but it has been an issue people have been worried about for 30 years that I know about. And I'm saying to myself, you know what? What did they accomplish with that worry? Did, did it help get them any further down the road? Did it advance them in any way? And, and so I think 
uh, as long as the country, you know, <laughs> I hate, I don't know how to exactly to say this, but I think as long as we don't lose our minds in this country, sure. and, like some people seem to have, yeah. um, you know, I think we can maintain our stability. We can maintain the U.S. dollar as the standard currency. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of talk, a lot of rhetoric. People are worried about, you know, the cryptocurrencies taking over the U.S. dollar and things. And and I'm getting a little off track here, guys, but I want I, I do want to stress, yes, this nation has a great amount of debt. One way I think you might want to look at it, though, if you compare the debt that we had, let's say, 40 years ago, you got to remember we were probably paying double digit interest rates on that debt. All right. Whereas now the actual interest rate we're paying on them on that huge mountain of debt we have, at least that's a very low effective interest rate. So just like when interest rates go lower for an individual, you've got the ability to buy a bigger house. You can take on more debt. That's how I choose to look at this situation is, you know what? The U.S. Has, is a very credit worthy country. We're paying a much lower interest rate now. We can afford the debt. We can afford the debt service. And of course, we don't want it to get out of hand. But I don't think that should be something that uh, you spend too much time being concerned about. I think that'll just cost you cost you sleep. All right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, you, you tell know, you what, but, here's, you talk about the debt clock. Let me just mention this. I'll put that. I'll put a link to that in in the show notes. How's that? Oh yeah. You know what? I would like that. And 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 don't get me wrong. I I am very I am concerned about the debt. I do think though we could probably keep kicking this thing down the road for quite a while, <laughs> and I don't know what impact it'll have. I think I think where we're going to see the impact is if the government. You know, if our if our representatives actually have the courage to start doing the things they're supposed to do, meaning shore up Social Security and Medicare, um, and and stop you know so many of the frivolous projects, uh, and so that could cause a reduction in government programs in other areas, and and so I do think over time taxes are, are likely to go higher. Uh, I hopefully they'll keep them the same or relatively the same for for the middle class, most of us. Uh, I do think there's a ton of room to raise them on the rich people, the wealthy people, and raising income tax brackets so you get actually pay a higher tax if you're making a billion versus you know two million. Um, nonetheless, I think it's important that you take a look at the situation, and it might make sense. Maybe you're retired, and it might make sense for you to withdraw more from your taxable accounts now. Um, you know, you know, maybe you want to take out the some money out of your retirement account and pay that tax bill now because you think you're you're that the taxes you're going to pay are lower now. Than in the future, um, that's typically not what I would suggest to somebody. Uh, I I always feel like we want to keep the money growing as long as possible. But if you need cash from a, from a source, maybe it would make more sense. You know, I'm just saying, give it some consideration in terms of your overall tax tax bracket, your overall tax rate. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, none of us pay what are what are the printed tax rates. We all have an effective tax rate after our deductions and everything, right? Mm -hmm. So. So you want to look at it. Maybe it makes sense to pull out that withdrawal. Maybe it makes sense to leave the money in there and take it someplace else. Um, but if you could partially live off some of the savings, you know, um, you know, you could shift it into a, a taxable account. It doesn't mean you have to spend it, right? Sure. Um, you're, you're just moving it from a tax deferred to a taxable account. In other words, maybe think about converting some of it to a Roth. Maybe that's the way to go. Well, that's, I mean, again, and I know you're doing an awful lot of that. And because it's, it, it, you know, it's certainly a topic of conversation for a lot of folks. If you've got any money in a, in an IRA yes. or 401k, just have the conversation. It might not make sense, but it might. It, that, that's right. And, and that's the case. You know what? That's the case with a lot of, of things that, come, that deal with investing, right? You know, different investment products, you know, maybe an, an annuity is right for you. Maybe it's not. Maybe an exchange traded fund is right for you. Maybe it's not. Maybe the aggressive growth, you know, pure growth portfolio that I manage, maybe that's right for you, but you know what? It's aggressive. There's a good chance it might not be. So all of these things, my point is that they all deserve conversation, and I think they deserve consideration. 
And, and then at the end of the day, you can sit down and make a decision as to whether it's right for you or not. Um, you know, they all have a place in a portfolio, but not in everybody's portfolio. Sure. And, and, and so just like a Roth IRA, you know, if you're bumping up against an income limit, you know, if you're at the top end of your income bracket right now, you know, then it might not be advisable for you to convert anything to a Roth because that's going to kick you up. That'll kick you up into a higher bracket. Now, now one thing, something to bear in mind though, when we, okay, we're talking about taxes. I know it's not the most exciting thing, but just remember when you get kicked up into a higher bracket, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean everything you've made from dollar one is at that higher bracket. Okay. Let remember the first chunk of your income is at the lower tiers and then the money over that income amount is taxed at the higher bracket. Oh, all right? great clarification. You know, so, so just bear that in mind because a lot of people hear that and they, and, and they, get, they get freaked out for lack of a better yeah, way of saying no, it. Yeah, no, I understand. You know, because they think, holy crap, I'm, I'm going to pay this massive amount more in taxes. And, and no, you're not. You're only paying that higher tax rate on the amount of money, you know, whatever the bracket is, those dollars and above. And if anybody would like to talk about this you know, further, I'm happy to do it. I just wanted to put it out there as a reminder Sometimes you get stuck with paying a few bucks in extra taxes. We want to try to avoid it, but just don't don't give yourself too big of a headache, though, because it, it's only those dollars above that line. Sure. A couple of ways to reach out to Kevin, folks. It's 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717. Or you can just visit the website. That's silverleaffinancial.com. There's a way to connect with Kevin there as well. And and again, the websites should be on your, you know, probably weekly round of places to check because you change things up pretty quickly. Oh, you know what? I, I, I appreciate that, Steve. And guys, yeah, please bookmark the site. Please bookmark it and come back and check it out. We, we, add, our, we add our podcast every week. We add new content every week. Um, we, we've got blogs on there that has to do with everything, uh, everything financial, economic, investing, uh, you know, different types of IRA issues and retirement account issues. There's a lot of information. So by all means, please take a look. All right. Um, you, you know, and, and we're talking about converting to a Roth IRA. And, and I am a big advocate of a Roth IRA because you know, you you pay you do pay you don't get a tax deduction when you put money in there. Uh, you pay the tax, so it's after tax money. Uh, but then it's growing tax free, and provided you follow the rules, which essentially means you leave it in there for at least five years. Um, you know, then it will come out. It will come out uh, tax free down the road. Uh, actually, your capital you put in there, you can take that out, guys, before you're fifty nine and a half without a penalty. Just so you know, um, the growth on the money is what you have to leave in there, and and so for the um, to, for, for the future. So, but I think that the Roth IRA though is, is sometimes underappreciated because if, if you're a younger person, and I mean, really, really anybody at any age uh, can put money into a Roth or convert if you're over the uh, contribution limits. Uh, but obviously the younger you are, the more time that you have for that account to grow tax-free. And then when you bring the money out, it's tax-free money. And so for instance, Imagine in your, your first year, two years, I don't know, whatever the year you want to pick, maybe you're two years into retirement and your only income now is your social security check. And you're, so you have to tap other accounts that you have. You have to withdraw money from somewhere just to do what you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe one year you only take money from your Roth IRA. And you know what happens in that year is that you don't have to pay tax on your social security income. Now I'm not I'm not, you know, all of us aren't uh, what Peter Thiel with the billion dollar plus Roth IRA. Right. So, so it's probably not going to be some be something you can do every year of retirement. But my objective personally, uh, I've got a Roth IRA for, for myself. My wife has a Roth IRA and we also have the, the health savings account, the HSA. And so in retirement, those are all going to be tax free sources of income for us um, that we can use whenever we want to. 
And my plan is I will be strategizing and I'll pick a year or two years, a year here and there where all of my income that I bring in is either going to be social security or it's going to be from the tax-free accounts. And so in those years, I won't have to pay social security tax, which will save me, I figure about, I estimate about five grand for each year that you can pull that off. Oh my gosh, really? I mean, that's real money. I, you know what? I think it, it's all real money to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I still, oh, yeah. you know what? And I still, in $5,000, we'll still go, you can still do a lot with five grand these days. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, not going right. to walk by on a, by it on a, on a sidewalk. That's for sure. No. So that's why I say, you know what? Maybe you do this two or three years. I don't, who knows how much? It all depends on how much tax-free money you have put away. Right. Um, but, but what I'm, the message I'm trying to make though, is that if you're smart about it, you know, we can save you tax dollars in your retirement, you know, if we can structure it that way, you know, so, so we take it, the account you take it from, you want to look at it in terms of your overall tax impact. Right. But if you can put money guys away, guys, if you can put money away into a Roth IRA, you're going to, you, you will be so happy down the road that you've got all that, that bucket of tax-free money that uncle Sam cannot touch anymore. All right. You, you'll be very glad that you saved that money in the Roth. Sure. And so as we start to look at this, we're talking about taxes and, and I mean, Social Security, like you said, it can be taxed up to 85 percent um, of, of the benefit could be taxable, depending on what kind of income you have. But like you right. said, income from a Roth isn't doesn't count towards that uh, that provisional income. That's exactly right. And, and by the way, the limits are low, guys. It's something like 44 grand for a couple and. 34 for a single roughly yeah. um, that in, in which at that level uh, your social security income becomes taxable up to 85% like Steve mentioned um, you, you know, so it's not a lot. And, and in my view, most people that have spent their life, you know, working and saving their money uh, they've usually got, you know, a good amount of money put away in retirement, whatever it might be. And they're not used to living on, you know, 40 grand or 45 grand. Right. So ch chances are you're going to need more money. But if you've got the Roth IRA, you can pull that, you can pull whatever, 50 grand out. It could be, it, and it's tax, doesn't matter the amount, it's tax, it'll be tax free. So it won't jack up, uh, it, so it won't, it will not cause your Social Security benefit to be taxable if you don't have any other income beyond Social Security and Roth tax free money. Or it could be HSA money because you, if you're, if you got, if you qualify for a health savings account, and that's the first thing is to make sure you qualify, you've got to have uh, an HSA eligible. Uh, health insurance plan. Um, and some people, you know, some people don't have any choice over who it is. And you might, you might or might not be able to qualify. If you can qualify, you owe it to yourself to set up an HSA account. And I tell people routinely that if you have to choose between putting in an IRA or a 401k or an HSA, choose the HSA, unless there's an employer match in your 401k. If you get an employer match in the 401k, then that becomes your number one savings vehicle, savings priority. And that, and then when the match stops, max out the HSA because the HSA, the health savings account, um, you know, is the only truly tax-free account, meaning you never pay tax on that money. Never. If you use it properly and you follow the rules. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation. 
800-975-6717 or just text SILVER to 21000. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. annuities you know what um in, in the in the book by the road uh, by the way i just uh, co-authored a book and uh, uh we released that uh, recently the millionaire's guide to long-term care um and uh in there i talk about and I, I i say that an annuity is not a bad word and and i say that because there are so many conversations that i've had with folks where i mention that word and i can i can literally see the expression on their face change their body posture changes they sit back in the chair they fold their arms and I'm like, holy cow, all I did was say the word. And, and they're withdrawing. They're closing themselves off because their, t- their body language is telling me, I don't want to hear it. All right. And, and, and guys, I want you to hear the fact that annuities can be a wonderful thing. They really can be. I've got all sorts of contracts that I can show you statements uh, that we're hitting our anniversary dates you know, over the last several months. These things are showing double digit gains, double digit gains with no risk of market loss. And I'm happy to show you copies of statements. I'll just black out the personal information. Um, you know, and, and, and what we were talking about earlier was taxation. Uh, and I want to talk about taxation, and then, then I'll get to the other issue Steve was mentioning. Um, taxation on annuities, you want to think of the annuity as an IRA, as like an IRA account, an additional IRA account. In other words, like an IRA, when you, you put the money in there and it grows tax deferred, right? In other words, you don't pay tax on it while it's in the IRA, all right? The annuity is the same thing. You put the money in there while it's growing, you don't pay tax on the gains. Just like an IRA, when you take those gains out, when you take that out, you're going to pay tax on that money at income tax rates, not capital gains, just like you don't get capital gains tax rates on your IRA money. It's the same thing, the same structure. Tax deferred, a tax deferred vehicle, when it does come out, it'll be taxed at income tax rates uh, if it's regular money. So if it's retirement account money or if it's if it's retirement account money, all of it will be taxed at an income tax rate. Uh, if it's just regular money, we call it non-qualified, you know, like a savings account, then you're taxed on your gains when you take them out. The thing that one thing that I like really like the idea of is using a Roth for an annuity. If, if you're looking for income payments down the road, now you've got a guaranteed source of income that's tax-free. Okay, so so you can put Roth IRA money in into an annuity. And the reason why people do it. Uh, has nothing to do with taxation. It has to do with the guarantees that are provided by the annuity contract. And annuities are a fantastic source of lifetime income because it is the only account that will keep on paying you after it goes to zero. No other account will do that. So if, you, if you're concerned about longevity, if you have parents you know, that lived in their high 80s or into their 90s or beyond, you really should, should look into guaranteed sources of income. Uh, if you don't have enough of those already, you might want to consider an annuity. Um, and, and so uh, the, the issue that I was talking to Steve about earlier, 
uh, on annuity contracts, I've had a lot of, you know, if, if you look, if anybody looks at them, you, you'll find a bunch of them uh, and you find a lot of agents that will offer a bonus and they'll say, Hey, you know what? This one's paying a 5% bonus when you set it up or, or maybe a 10% bonus when you set it up. And, and so, you know, it's like free money, right? Sounds like, a, uh, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> well, you know, that's what they say. Oh, free money. They're giving me free money. Uh, and, 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 and you know what? There's a lot of us that believe the old bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? Yep. A lot of us believe that. And, and so the natural intuition, I think, is when you say, well, if I got to choose between a bonus or no bonus, why in the heck wouldn't I take the bonus? All right. And, and what I'm here to say is that I've, I've done a lot of research on these recently. Um, and, and one of my favorite contracts, and I'm, I'm referring to a fixed index annuity. OK, so this is uh, uh, this is a policy issued by an insurance carrier. You get you receive a contract, guys. You receive a, a legally binding contract between you and the carrier. Uh, where they guarantee you have no risk of loss in the market. Uh, and w- the way these work is that you get you, you participate in the gains, so you get some of the gains. Maybe you get 60% of the gains or something in the, in the market, but you get none of the losses, okay? And, and, and I've got uh, the one of my favorites is averaged just under 8% per year. Um, it was, I believe it's 7.8%, and this is in the last 10 years. So if you owned it 10 years ago and you put in $200,000 without a bonus, You'd have an account value right now of four hundred twenty thousand dollars. Okay, okay, and that that is this is a true story. Okay, however, if you said, you know what, Kevin, I like that bonus. I want you to pay me that ten thousand dollar bonus, right? Because it's a five percent bonus on two hundred thousand dollars. So that's a ten grand bonus on day one, and that bonus goes working for you right away with all with your other two hundred grand. So you got two hundred ten thousand working for you on day one. Now this is this was I'm looking I'm referring to a ten year contract. All right. And I'm saying if it started uh, December 31st of 2010, so it started the first day of 20, you know, 2011 and went through the end of 2020. All right. Um, then the average return with the bonus, okay, dropped down to 6%. And you wound up with 400, I'm sorry, you wound up with 379,000. All right. Hmm. So 200 turns into 379 with the bonus or no bonus, 200 turns into 420. Which would you like? And so my point is, guys, you got to find somebody that you work with that you know is digging in and looking under the hood, okay? You got to look under the hood in the details, and then you'll see that what the carriers do a lot of times is they lower the caps. In other words, they lower your growth potential on your money to pay them back for giving you that bonus, all right? Okay. And, And so what you wind up doing, you wind up being better off without the bonus in most cases. Okay. All right. Now, now there are, there are times when it makes sense to get the bonus, but I was going to ask, are there times when it does? There there are, you you, you know, what guys use them for is when they're paying a penalty coming from someplace else. That's what people Uh, use them for. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, so they're paying a charge to get out of something someplace else. And a guy says, you know what, Mr. Jones, I can offset that with this, with this bonus over here. All right. And so that might make sense because maybe the, maybe what you're trying to do is get out of something that's got market risk, perhaps, right? Maybe you're getting maybe you're fleeing to safety, where where it makes sense to maybe get the bonus and use that to offset any penalties or charges. But you know what? You've got to look. But you want to look at the total picture, right? Not just what it's going to look like on day one. Sure. Well, I mean, again, that's great insight that not a lot of advisors are doing. And I know that. And I know that. 
there are some brokers out there who are pushing annuities only and not really thinking about an overall plan. What they're thinking about is selling an annuity yeah, <laughs> and, that's, and pushing a bonus. Is, and and I mean, true. it makes it, you know, I mean, you know, Ron Popeil died this week, right? He was the the, oh, yeah. the guy, oh, really, yeah. the innovator of infomercials. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in that world. But, but I mean, again, but that's what we're talking about. Well, wait, there's more. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? And if it sounds oh, yeah. too good to be true, chances are. Chances are really good that 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 it is, or yeah. at least that maybe maybe it's not the best thing for you. You maybe know, not. You know, and 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 that's and and that's one hundred percent true. That's one thing that uh, um, you know. I, I'm glad. Let me say it this way: I'm glad to see that, for instance, the state of Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. The state of Arizona just this summer uh, has passed a rule, uh, a fiduciary rule, and and a rule about disclosures. So uh, when you sit down with an advisor or an agent. Uh, there's a piece of paper that they're supposed to give you that that you know I give my clients, and it shows you have to sign off and state whether you are only insurance licensed or whether you also hold securities licenses. And uh, you also have to state, do you only offer products from one company or do you offer them from multiple companies? Um, and, and there's a few other questions on there that will give you insight as to whether the person you're talking to can 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 actually work with you and help you out with everything that's available on the market, or can they, are they only working with one corner, you know, one corner of the market, if you will. And I think it's important to know that, right? Because it's not, it's, you know, the example that I give people, Steve, is I say, it's not like when you go and shopping for a car. All right. Because you go shopping for a car, you pull into the parking lot and you see the big Chevy sign up by the side of the road, right? Yes. Right. So you don't expect the guy to be talking about a Mercedes, right? Because he's, he's the Chevy dealership. Right. So, you know, this guy's selling me a Chevy. This guy wants to sell me a Chevy and he's probably going to tell me Chevy is better than Ford and everything else. Right. But you know that because there's a big sign and he's probably got a, a label on his shirt or something. It's not like that. You know, you sit down with, with, with a lot of these guys, that, a lot of these folks, I should say, male men and women that are only licensed for insurance. There's not a big billboard that says that I'm, I, I'm only licensed for insurance. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not wearing it on their shirt. So it's a little bit more deceptive. It's kind of camouflaged. Uh, if you will. And, and so I think it's important people understand though, because, you know, I'll meet a lot of people and, and, and based on somebody's conversation that they tell me they had, I can tell you whether that person was insurance only or securities only, you know, or both. Um, of course, in my opinion, I think you should talk to somebody that's fully licensed for both, uh, which is where I am. My, my background, actually, I started on the security side. So I was a securities broker first, and then I became a, a, an insurance, uh, an insurance agent, insurance advisor later. Um, and, but I'm fully licensed in both. And that's what a person is supposed to be. They're supposed to be licensed in both areas in order to even have a conversation about any of the things that we're talking about. So if you're thinking about pulling money out of the stock market and using that to purchase an annuity, okay, legally, the, the person recommending you do that has to be licensed on both sides. But, but a lot, I know a lot of them aren't. And, and so if you're talking to somebody that's willing to cross the line, then you might want to take an extra step back and, and proceed with caution. Absolutely. I mean, again, I love these conversations, Kevin. It's just you just bring so much to the table that it, it, that folks don't really realize, and I think that's why this is important. 800-975-6717, that's the number you can call. Silverleaffinancial.com is the website. Let's talk uh, pure growth before we run pure out of time. Pure growth. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. You know what? And uh, uh, for anybody that's been listening to the show, uh, I, I started managing a, uh, it's a custom managed portfolio um, just over a year ago. And uh, to give you a little bit of background on it, what, what I've been looking for all, all my career is 
a consistent way to manage money and a consistent way to find winning stocks. Um, and so I prefer rules-based, what are called rules-based strategies. And, and these are strategies that we put down in black and white, what type of company we're looking for, what type of performance, you know, business, it could be, you know, operation, cash flow, earnings, revenue, um, and any number of met, you know, metrics, if you will, the ways that we can measure the company. Uh, and then we can screen them. We can put them into our computer and we can put all these things in there, say a company that's growing at least 20% a year for the last three years and things like that. You can also put in criteria that are technical in nature, which are based on, uh, which, which has to do with the trading patterns and the trading formations that a stock has had in the past. And we look for patterns. We look for patterns in trading and it might have to do with volume. It might have to do with share price, any number of things. So what we do, it's like a recipe, right? And, and I talk about folks, okay, let me first give you the disclaimer. I've never baked a cake. I never have. Never but baked I, a cake. A, I never have. But, Good okay, to know. But I have, a, but I have a general idea of how you do it. And, and some of these cakes, I used to, but I've eaten, I've eaten a lot of cake, okay? <laughs> and so yes, I will take credit there. My grandmother used to make, bake these fantastic cakes. And, uh, but what I know is that, so, so flour is an ingredient, raw eggs, right? And, and sugar, right? And individually, if you sit down and you, and you eat these things individually, it's going to be a pretty lousy experience, right? But if you put them together in the right formula, on the right recipe, the result is amazing. And it's the same thing with investing. You know, you, you need to have a portfolio that has a proper asset allocation. And there should be some things moving in different directions at the same time. Uh, otherwise, you, you might not have a proper allocation. And so what I'm saying is that it's very important when you put together a portfolio, uh, you know, to, to have a strategy that you can point to that's repeatable, that you can do it over and over and over again, right? Because anybody can buy a, win, buy a stock that does that, you know, you can buy a winning stock as you can find them. It's not hard to do. You throw the dart at the wall, maybe you'll get lucky. But what's hard about it is to do it repeatedly, consistently over a period of time. And uh, so the portfolio I started was July 14th of last year. Uh, the one year return on it was a 64% net return. Um, and, uh, you, you know, and that was with about with a 65% win rate. So roughly one stock out of three, I was wrong. Uh, two out of three, I was right. Um, the secret in my, my, my opinion, one big secret is that when you're wrong, try to recognize it as fast as you can, because if you can keep the loss in single digits, you know, then that's going to keep you in the game, right? That means you still have money to invest and, and you can keep on going and then you let your winners run. And that's a mistake I've seen people make is they do it the opposite way. They sell the winners and they hold on to the losers and, you know, because they don't want to quote, take a loss. And, and the reality with investing is that if you're investing in stocks, you need to, you just need to accept that. That's just part of the game. You're going to have losses. Nobody, nobody has, has a perfect in, you know, investing record in terms of not having losing bets. Uh, and so, so you want to just remember that, um, you know, so, so the update, what we've done is this has been a concentrated portfolio where I've been, where I started off with five stocks and I just add, I just added one here and there and two here and there, but it's typically between five and 10 stocks. I call it pure growth because it's only stocks and nothing else. There's no leverage, no, no margin. Um, and, and it's just stocks. And the reason I did this, I wanted to try to demonstrate that I found a successful way to pick, you know, to choose a stock at the right time, right? Because what I'm looking for is for these things to move basically immediately, but, but definitely within the next month or two. Uh, and if they don't, then I'm out. All right. So, so, so it's not that I'm suggesting this portfolio for everybody. I'm trying to demonstrate that, this is, that, that we can, I can help you choose stocks and we can add those to a portfolio that could be a moderate or conservative portfolio where we just allocate a certain percentage of your account. So maybe 10% of your account goes into the stocks 
you know, maybe none. Again, like like we talked about earlier, it's it's not appropriate for everybody. Um, maybe no stocks at all. But I do have conservative clients that will reallocate ten or fifteen percent of a portfolio to these individual stocks to try to generate. I say let's add some horsepower, you know, um, to a conservative portfolio where eighty five percent of it is conservative. So that's a possibility um, that I wanted to mention. But um, but essentially, where we're at these these last couple of weeks, I'll tell you, we're down about two to three, we're down about two and a half three percent actually through these last couple of weeks. Well, it's and, been a little brutal on the market too. Oh, it, 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 it definitely has. It has been very volatile, um, it, you know, and we, I think we closed that again, record highs today. Right. But then, you know, a week ago there were, I mean, you thought the bottom was going to drop out. Oh, so yeah. I think it was Monday or uh, yeah, a week, week ago, ago or something. Monday, yeah. Yeah, where, where it was just crazy and everything, every single sector was down, if I remember correctly. Um, utilities might have been up slightly, um, you know, but that's but that's a counterintuitive strategy, a sector, right? Because if, if anybody's followed the so-called experts over the last couple of years, virtually everybody has told you to get out of utilities because they're all saying how interest rates are going higher. They're going higher. They've been saying interest rates are going higher for the last decade, and it really hasn't happened. So So I'm not personally convinced they're going higher. I think maybe they could go a half a point higher. Um, but I personally, I don't see much increase in interest rates for the next few years um, beyond maybe a half a point, you know, but, but going back to pure growth, yeah, sure, let's do uh, it. you know, we backed off a couple percent um, in, in the last two weeks or so. Uh, we, we have closed out of 16 positions, one, six, 16 closed. Uh, we had 11 winners and five losers of the ones that we sold. That's pretty good. Uh, I, you know, pardon I me. Like I think, I think it's, it, you know, <laughs> you know, we're still, we're still running around that one, you know, two out of three. Yeah, right. It's pretty right. close to two out of three. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't I didn't actually do the math yet, to be honest. Um, I, I just compiled these numbers before before we want, did the show. Um, my biggest loss so far was Boise Cascade. Horrible one. Twenty three percent loss. Um, but my best gains for the year uh, was a company called Lakeland with a sixty seven and a half percent gain. Uh, we had Turtle Beach. The symbols here. H.E.A.R. That was a fifty seven percent gain. And Louisiana Pacific a Lumber Company was a sixty two 62% plus gain. Wow. Uh, we, cl we closed those out for the first part of the year. So um, you know what? So, so guys, the strategy is working out very well. This particular strategy is best for an IRA account. In fact, my, I use it in my, I do it in my Roth IRA account. Roth IRA is ultimately the best. Um, you know, but, but for instance, if anybody was interested in HSA, we could do that inside of the HSA account too. Wow. I mean, those HSAs are pretty versatile in terms of what you can do with them today. And, hey. I, and I think a lot, a lot of people are, you know, Unsure yeah. of that as well, but let's get back to pure growth. So you, yeah. you closed out eleven, and uh, or you closed out sixteen. You said Six, sixteen, and you had eleven winners, and and, and oh, a, yes, a, and five oh, losers. But again, some of those gains, I mean, amazing. You know, I mean, oh, a, yeah, wow. That, you know what? You, you guys might have heard, or some of you, some of you might have heard that uh, people's been they've been calling this market a stock pickers market. You know, and um, and that's because the sectors are going in and out of favor pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, for instance, energy was horrible, you know, a year ago, and, and it's, I think, the leading sector this year. And, and so, you know, also with, the, with everything we went through with COVID and the economy shutting down and all the manufacturing and everything shutting down last spring and summer, that's what's caused all of, all of these shortages with computer chips and everything else that we're seeing shortages of and the price spiking. It's all because of these companies that were, you know, this massive worldwide shutdown last year. And, and so it affected the entire shipping chain and it's coming back on. And so we went through this whole thing of, of, of what they call the pandemic stocks, and then they call them the reopening stocks. You know, so think, think of like cruise lines and hotels that got crushed last year, airlines, 
got crushed last year and they've come back, you know, in a huge way yeah, this no year. Kidding. You know, so some some of these some of these were being in those areas, you know, and that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm trying to find those areas where we can see these gains. You know, I, I mentioned they were closed out this year. These are typically these are typically held, you know, one to three months. Um, you know, so so these are 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 uh, very good very good moves uh, in a relatively short period of time, and and that's how that's how we want to do it. We want to avoid the losses, or when we have a loss. We want to try to get out of it, you know, with a, with a, uh, a single digit loss. And then if we're able to let our winners go like this, that's how you can wind up with market beating returns, which is what we did. I'm, right. I'm really happy. I mean, we, we beat the market, I think, by over 20 percent, no matter which index you look at. <laughs> All right. Well, nothing wrong with that. And no, then- you know what? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we can, you know, we, just like the Bucks, we want to repeat. We want to repeat. Well, I think too. What you know, you you've had a year into this thing now, and and you're kind of in a groove. You're kind of making things happen. And obviously, you know, this isn't for everybody, as you said before. But it no. could be something that 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 is pretty pretty interesting. Oh, I, t- I tell and you I know what, you I heard I'll... from a podcast listener, didn't you? Who was interested? I did. I did. Yes, guy from guy from the Midwest. Yes, and uh, you, you know, and and there's been a, there's been a few of them that I've talked to, and. You know, and and the, and most people, I think they're talking. They know exactly what they're doing, and they're talking. They're looking at it the right way. Is that it's for a certain piece of your money. You know, it's like one bucket of money. Yeah, you know, sure. out, out of maybe ten buckets or a dozen. I don't know how many buckets. Maybe a dozen buckets somebody has. Uh, and and by that, I mean I like to I like to look at a bucket approach by by the type of money. It could be you know speculative money versus long term money you want to keep safe. You know, if you know right, retirement money versus you know Roth tax free retirement money, and and on and on. And, and so I like to look at those and, and have those at different points along that risk scale. You know, sure. you want to have you, you want to take some risk, especially especially if you guys are younger, um, you know, especially if you're in your 20s or 30s. I, I, my opinion is you should base, you should be at least 80 percent stocks, if not 100 percent stocks. Um, you know, bonds really don't look like they're going to make much money, uh, you know, considering the 10 year treasury is at like one point two five. Right. Well, again, so, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground here today, Kevin, and, and um, I really enjoy our conversations. And you shed some light on annuities that I don't think everybody is aware of, myself included. It, you know, I, I appreciate that, Steve. And, and I'll tell you, that's, that's why I wanted to mention it, because, you know, the intuitively, and I, I don't know what it is, what part of human nature it is, but, but everybody is going to look at the bonus and they're going to say, well, of course, I'd rather have a bonus than no bonus. You know, but but if a person takes that extra minute and explains to them how chances are that over the long term you, you'd have more money if you went without that bonus, you know, and and that's what I, that's why I want to mention because I don't think I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of agents are having that conversation. Uh, I think they're just selling the bonus and 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 that's it. All right, I think so too. And and again, so on that note, let's go ahead and and, and wrap this thing up today. Uh, what yeah. what's, what's the what's the takeaway today? I think I know. You know what the take. I, I, I t- <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, first of all, I'm going to say, be careful. The markets are sitting right at record highs. So if you're sitting on cash, okay, if you're sitting on cash and you want to invest it in the stock market, I'm going to say maybe, maybe keep it in your pocket for a week, maybe two weeks. August, August and early September are usually not the best months of the market. So seasonally, we're in a week period. We're trading at the highs. So I'm going to say, keep your money, you know, keep your money in your pocket for right now is my suggestion. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. 
There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, members FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.